to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision and hosting this podcast. And today we have an interesting topic. We are going to talk about tips for building the best B2B marketing and sales tech stack in 2022. And we have an expert and a passionate tech stack user in Thomas Armitage, sales executive at Sightseeker. So with that very short intro, welcome to our podcast, uh, Tom. Appreciate the opportunity, Jacob. I'm Tom Armitage. I work at Sightseeker. We're a digital marketing agency uh, based in upstate New York. Uh, Relatively small, we have about uh, 17 employees at the moment, 70 clients, and we focus uh, mostly on bettering B2B brands and helping them generate leads. So really interested in this topic. So I'm happy that Jacob uh, gave me the opportunity to talk today. And so am I. Happy that you will share uh, a little bit of time with us here and our listeners and, and uh, pick your brain. So awesome to hear a little bit about that. But uh, you are super interested in, in building tech stacks for your clients and, of course, site seeker as well. So uh, considering all the thousands of technology uh, there are available today, I think a lot of our listeners have maybe had the time to look into uh, the MarTech uh, uh, ecosystem map, which is consisting of eight plus thousand solutions and things like that. So it's a complex topic, this. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But what do you think you should keep in mind when when starting to look into this and, and thinking about your company's needs and so forth? Where Where are we starting and so forth? Yeah, it's obviously a very complex field, right? 8,000 mm. plus pieces of software and growing. It's probably you know even beyond 10,000 at this point. But when most people in marketing and sales are thinking about their tech stack, a lot of times they're thinking just about um, tools that are specifically meant to help generate leads or accomplish some sort of sales or marketing function. But you need to remember all the different pieces of, of software and tools that are related to that. I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of tools like uh, Google Drive for file storage or Box or whatever you might be using for file storage. I'm thinking about uh, Slack and other internal collaboration tools. I'm thinking about uh, tools like like Never Bounce for, for uh, email cleansing. I'm thinking about Grammarly for uh, spelling and grammar punctuation mistakes and corrections. There's there's so many different related tools that still help you to accomplish your job, but aren't always the tools that you might be thinking about um, in terms of specifically like lead generation or helping with advertising, the ones that are kind of your, your typical common uh, marketing and sales technology slash tools that a lot of times people are, are considering that you need to look at the whole ecosystem when you think about your stack and some of those some of those tools might not be defined specifically as a marketing or sales tool so Mm. there's definitely a lot to think through and you got to look kind of outside of the box a little bit when um, really trying to bring in the best software and the best tools for your company awesome so interesting so 
there's a lot of things to uh, uh, a lot of systems to evaluate and a lot of trends coming and going and so forth and as you said it's it's not only the hubspots and and the classic martech system platforms exactly. that that you should look into but rather all the supplementary systems etc so um for for a uh, for a marketing or sales manager who who feels that their processes are a bit too manual or you know to level up their your competition is getting ahead you know they have more efficient processes obviously and, and you're lagging how should you where should you start improving the process should you start with a process analysis or should you just you know <laughs> start somewhere and buying a technology or how do you yeah. recommend your clients yeah i think that one of the biggest mistakes or, or faux pas with with all of this is a lot of times companies or business leaders they like to adopt certain tools or software simply because it's the next biggest thing on the block or or they they read an article that recommended it and it may not be the best fit uh based on that company's particular needs so you simply just can't you know adopt a, a tool because everybody happens to be talking about it at, at that moment uh, you really need to look internally and see where there might be bleeding or where there might be pain or where there might be inefficiencies or, or broken systems and what needs to be repaired and, and not just mm -hmm. to add a band-aid to it but like permanently fixed in and to be made more efficient and by looking at the internal processes you can figure out okay this is a manual process that takes x amount of time or x amount of dollars in, in terms of labor in order to accomplish and now we're going to adopt and, and invest in this tool or this software that can help us accomplish it you know, 10 times faster and we can save on, on X amount of dollars. So there, there certainly needs to be a cost analysis with, with nearly every tool that exists. And I say nearly because some are, are to improve the quality of work. Like Grammarly is not necessarily efficiency. It's about making sure that you're not making any writing mistakes. And that's just the, the first one that comes to mind because it's such a, an easy and simple tool. But for for most tools it's going to be a cost analysis and you need to really look inside and internally at your company to see what's broken and where there's inefficiencies yeah yeah so interesting so uh how do you know which technologies are the foundational for your company should uh should every company have a mar marketing automation platform do you think or or is that not the case or how, how should you um think about those things is there a few categories you should have one in each or what's your take on that yeah i think i think you should really categorize the tools right if you, if you already have identified what your needs might be there's going to be mm -hmm. some that are going to fall into your must-haves and some that are going to fall into your nice-to-haves mm -hmm. um and on your your must-haves lists are certainly going to be the ones that would would simply it, it would take so much time in order to accomplish something without the tool or it would lead to such disorganization that it would it would crumble crumble your business right and those are going to be your tools like a crm system i still come in contact with with companies you know very dated companies that are still using spreadsheets and to, to just think about the inefficiencies that come from mm. having to manually log that into Excel documents and the lack of transparency that exists from someone using their own spreadsheet sitting on their own computer and not being able to have it be seen by other salespeople, sales leaders, the marketing mm. team, no attribution, no marketing measurement or sales measurement on the, the process and the lifeline or the life cycle stages of those leads. I mean, it's just mind blowing to me that 
that you're still operating in that sort of capacity. So a CRM is certainly foundational. Um, uh, marketing automation, HubSpot, Parda, Active Campaign, something that is allowing you to connect those type of um, marketing and sales activities to one another and to be able to have email marketing, which is foundational to any um, marketing and sales um, department and team. So there are certainly must-haves across every organization. CRM, email are just a couple of those, a project management tool, an internal collaboration tool. I would certainly, I, I could come up with probably five to 10 that are like every company needs to have these. And then there certainly are, are ones that are, are nice to have based on whether or not, um, you know, you as a company and as an organization are finding that it's, it's so inefficient that I need this tool, or maybe you can accomplish that manually and uh, not necessarily justify that spend. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, so interesting. So which are the categories you think uh, B2B companies should start with and which are the, the typical ones that you are working with uh, in regards to your client needs? Yeah, I think CRM is is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, and a lot of companies are using either Salesforce or HubSpot. Those are the, the, the big boys on the block. Uh, marketing automation, HubSpot, ActiveCampaign, Pardot, which tend to go hand in hand with CRM. You have uh, marketing measurement tools. So a lot of times this is going to be your Google Analytics, your Google Search Console, Google Data Studio, which can gather up those type of uh, tracking and measurements and build that out into a nice dashboard. Uh, project management, certainly very important. That's going to be a, a business company-wide type of tool, but marketing and sales absolutely needs to be embracing your, your project management tools. Uh, that can be things like Basecamp, Asana, Reich, um, Monday.com. There's a number of those type of tools, but that's absolutely you know, critical mm -hmm. to uh, managing your projects, managing your tasks, managing your day-to-day and handing off and delegating work internally to other team members. Uh, collaboration tools, uh, Slack is, is certainly the, the number one choice for that. We use just Google Chat. It doesn't necessarily need to be a paid tool um, since a lot of, you know, we, we go all in on, on the Google suite. Mm. Um, I, I'd say those are probably the, the most important ones uh, to begin with. And then from there, you can be thinking of tools like social media monitoring and social media scheduling. Uh, you have tools like um, lead intelligence, like lead feeder and lead forensics in order to identify businesses that are coming to your website. Uh, you have Calendly and, and tools that help you to book meetings and make it easier for, for prospects and buyers to schedule your time. So there's, like you said, 8,000. I could probably, you know, mm. within a matter of 10, 15 minutes, build out a list of probably between 50 and 100 tools that I would at least recommend clients of ours consider. It might not be the perfect need for them, but at least for them to consider that could help you know, add efficiencies to their company and, and cost savings to their company um, if it mm. does make sense for them and the way that they operate. Mm. Interesting. Um, what do you think are, you know, uh, your favorites? Where you absolutely recommend your clients to to buy and where do you think they get the best leverage today i think hubspot is a, a really good a really good tool it's, it's very mm -hmm. well known there's a lot of users so there's a lot of familiarity and comfort in using it because they may have used it in a, in a past job or they may have done uh the free hubspot uh, certifications and training courses so i think that the learning curve of the hubspot interface is 
is much lower than some other uh, automation tools that are out there. So I'm a big fan of HubSpot and I'm also a fan of HubSpot because you can use it as a CRM as well. So you don't necessarily have to have Salesforce and HubSpot and be integrating them to one another and needing to learn two tools and needing to pay for two tools. Two tools. Uh, you can kind of go all in on HubSpot and it will come at a premium cost because the more features you add, the more costly it is. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of, of HubSpot personally and a big fan of HubSpot um, on behalf of, of clients and, and prospects that I speak to. Um, we're a big Google shop. Uh, so the, the Google Analytics, Google Data Studio, Google Ads, and most importantly, Google uh, Data Studio, which is a, a visualization tool and a dashboard tool. And the reason why I like Data Studio so much is Google Analytics is very complex and um, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of different features, a lot of areas that you can explore and for a novice or even somebody that's that's an expert in it, you can get lost in it. You, you can really go down uh, rabbit holes and just be, what's that phrase? Um, analysis paralysis, right? You're just spinning mm -hmm. inside of data because there's so many things to look at. Whereas data studio, you can build out very simplistic, if you, if you choose for them to be simplistic dashboards, it's a live link. So you can share that with team members. You can share that with clients. And they could easily, quickly, and at any time, check those dashboards, check, check those metrics. And it, it takes some time and preparation in order to initially build them. But the time savings in only looking at the metrics and the KPIs that are important to you and your business, rather than trying to thumb through all of the different options and, and features inside of Google Analytics, uh, it's, it's a huge, huge time saving mm. uh, if you, you strategize initially and, and build out exactly what you want to see. And then you just kind of check that um, as often as you need to in order to, to make decisions. So um, those mm. are a couple of good ones. Um, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, obviously, if you're on the sales mm -hmm. side. Um, mm -hmm. Or if you're responsible for the sales team, uh, prospecting is a, a huge, huge um, important part of your day. And LinkedIn Sales Navigator really makes it wonderful to drill down at a, a very, very hyper level in order to find exactly the type of prospects that you want to be reaching out to. It doesn't you know, take away the work that you need to do in order to you know, customize those messaging when you reach out to them or to be building those relationships and to be having uh, a clever and worthwhile uh, conversation or offer. Um, you still need to do your, your your work as a salesperson, but LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a, a wonderful uh, prospecting tool that I that I highly recommend. And it's it's something that I, that I really like as well. So those are a few of, of my favorites that I usually have a lot of good conversations with when I'm I'm speaking to clients. Mm. Awesome, thank you for for sharing that. I think that's a solid uh, recommendation you come with there, and I totally agree. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. Another thing that is quite uh, a lot of talk about today is the accelerating cost of all the SaaS solutions that we're adding to our stacks. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a uh, you know SaaS junkie myself. Uh, it's so easy to click something uh, 
to start oh, i'll test this out you know uh, only nine bucks a month uh, and da, 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 bam you have 10 <laughs> you have yes. 90 but you know you, you know what it is it's a lot of apps for all kind of things you know yeah. so yeah. have you any strategies for how to keep control of you know which solutions and and the cost for all the tech stack solutions that you think you need and so forth yeah, I, I have a few different ideas here. So the first is you need to manage all of these, these tools, who your customer success manager is and or who the sales rep was, uh, the costs of them, when the renewal date uh, of that tool is, and who internally is kind of the point person. Maybe that's just one person. Maybe you have kind of a, a vendor uh, relations manager or uh, maybe it's a, you know, CTO or somebody responsible for technology, uh, but all of that information needs to exist in one place. So that way you can easily and quickly see everything that's inside of your tech stack. And, and I'd even include the free tools there too. So that way I'm um, a new employee. If you're doing training, they can see everything that you have access to. Um, so that's, that's definitely the, the first and best place to start. Um, secondly, I think a lot of people that go into relationships with software companies take the salesperson on the sale on the software's end um, at their word and um, may go in at a higher tier or a higher package than they necessarily need. So they might initially begin the relationship paying for more money than they need to and have features that don't end up getting used. So I would rather you go in reverse, right? Start with the most basic package. And if you realize this is a feature that you can't live without, now you upgrade. But don't start with the highest you know, threshold and, and not realize that you can take a step back and, and kind of you know, go down to a lower tier. Let yourself gradually you know, mature into the, the higher cost and the higher, um, more premium version of the tool. And then the third, which is the most important, is you have to do quarterly audits. You have to look at your stack every quarter and say, do I need this? Yes. Do I need this? No. Do I need this? I might let me look into it and have conversations with my team to see if we can get rid of this. Do I need this? Yes, but we can get rid of some features. So let's downgrade uh, to the tier below. You, you have to do this regularly. And the reason being is because your needs as an organization change, first of all. And secondly, is because if, they're, if you're locked into um, you know, annual contracts, those dates of renewal are going to be different. They're not all going to be renewed renew on January 1st, obviously, depending on when you signed up. So you need to be able to catch when that renewal is coming in case you do want to cancel. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen that. I've seen clients be burned with that in the past where they don't need a tool that renews and now they have to deal with the cost and, and having that, that tool now for another 12 months before they can get rid of it. So you know, those are my three recommendations. Have kind of a, a source of truth uh, somewhere where you're managing all those relationships and the, the tools and the costs. Uh, have, you know, do quarterly audits and, and have your internal champions be assigned to them and be able to to manage them um, and, and start at the lower grade so you can always graduate up yeah awesome just as you mentioned that using internal champions and 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 so is, is a good way to leverage a tech stack i think um one problem is that as as we joked uh, a few years back that whenever when a company bought a marketing automation platform, they typically used it as a MailChimp, expensive MailChimp instance, because they, they didn't use all the bells and the whistles. And and I think that still is a trouble for many companies that they 
don't have the team or the competency or the resources to actually leverage the technology they have bought or uh, or so. Uh, so having a team supporting the tech staff and also um, making sure it, it actually, you know, comes out into the organization and get used. What's your best practices on that? How can companies do that in an efficient way? That's a, a really good point. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest pains when it comes to managing your tech stack is that you may be overspending, but you might also just not be using the tool enough or what it's meant for. So there's, there's lost opportunity there. So I think the best way to avoid that is um, first to do your research to make sure it's a good fit. So if, if you simply don't have the resources or the, the funds to justify HubSpot at $1,200 a month, you know, depending on, on your add-ons and how many contacts you have, if you can't pull that off, then, then don't bite off more than you can chew and sign up for HubSpot if MailChimp is a suitable platform for you, right? So it's going to be you know, your resources, the need, and your budget, and your team's bandwidth that are kind of going to all work together to, to see if some of these tools make make sense for you. Um, so, so certainly don't sign up for something that uh, isn't a good fit for you, first and foremost. Secondly, is the team needs to take the onboarding seriously. A lot of these software, the ones that, that require training, usually include training as part of your initial fee, right? And they're going to do, you know, teach you about the tool that might even be, you know, a very formalized process that lasts even a couple months. And Normally, they invite you know the whole team, anyone who's going to be a user on that tool to those onboarding sessions, and they're going to teach and train you on, on how to use the tool. Your team has to use that, right? It's there for a reason. Take advantage of those onboarding sessions and take it seriously and meet with a team to debrief and download that information so that way everybody is on the same page and is agreeing that they're going to use it in a certain way, in, in a, a uniform way. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I think that you should take the customer success meetings also just as seriously. So most of these will assign you to a rep, they'll assign you to a customer success manager, and they'll meet with you annually, biannually, quarterly, maybe even monthly, depending on how heavy of a user you are, or how much you're paying them, or what tier you're at, or what the software is. And those can be really helpful. Don't just blow off those meetings. Oh, I got to meet with my customer success manager again. No, prepare questions internally. Like, what is it that, that we're not using in this tool? Where do we have pain with this tool? Where is there frustrations? What, how, how can we get more of this investment, right? And bring those questions ahead to that customer success manager. And, and that's, what, that's what you're paying them for. That's part of the fee of what you're paying that software for is, is those meetings, that, that person's time. And for them to coach you on the tool to, for them to get, for you to get the most investment and the biggest bang for your buck on that investment. Mm. Um, because they don't want to risk losing you as a customer. Like that's why they meet with you. So you definitely need to take those seriously and, and come prepared to those meetings so that way you continue to maximize your investment in the tools. Mm. Awesome. That's a good, very good tip there. Uh, do you see any typical mistakes companies usually do? Do you see any, you know, things that repeatedly <laughs> is is getting done by your clients? Yeah, I think, I think it's the, uh, a lot of people joke that it's like the, we call it the planet fitness model. Planet fitness is a, a very big um, fitness chain around here and it's, it's low cost. It's, it's like 10, $15 a month. 
people sign up for it in January and they're like, ah, well, I might go to the gym a couple of months, you know, from now, once they decide to stop going and, and the $10 a month is not a big deal, right? So they continue to pay for it, even though they're not going to the gym. We see the exact same thing so, so often in the software space, both in our personal lives, right? Paying for Spotify for $10 a month. Do I use it? Not a good example for me because I use it like all day, every day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but people do this, right? They sign up for software and then they stop using it. And for clients, this can be, this can be debilitating, right? From a cost standpoint, if they sign up for this, this is what you were saying, right? When we first started, right? You, you sign up for this, you sign up for this, you sign up for this. And if you're not using the tool, it can be a, a monumental cost over the course of the year. So mm-hmm. with those quarterly audits, don't just question, is this the right tier? Do I need this tool? Ask yourself, like, how can we be using this better? And that lack of use that that companies wrongfully deploying a tool and not using it to their fullest, fullest or what it's meant for is, is definitely the, the biggest problem when it comes to kind of managing your tech stack. It, and you have to either use it or get rid of it because having it just sit on the shelf and you pay anywhere from, you know, 10 to to $1,000 to $10,000 a month, depending on how large your company is, it, it's the, the cost can be absolutely crazy with you know managing your tech stack and you need to be making sure that you're making the best investment at all times, not just when you sign up for it. Yeah, awesome. And how, how often do you think you should evaluate all the software you got? Uh, is it on quarterly basis, half year basis or? Yeah, I think, I think quarterly is best. And the reason being is if you wait a full year, you may run the risk of missing a, a renewal mm-hmm. date. And that's that's just too long, right? Mm-hmm. Most companies are are agile enough where their needs are changing. It's not just, okay, uh, you know, it's January. Should we use uh, HubSpot this year? And then the next year, mm-hmm. you know, it's December again. Should we use HubSpot? No, that, that need that need may come uh, throughout that calendar year. So quarterly check-ins are probably the the time frame that I would recommend so that we mm-hmm. you can catch any needs that might be changing. And also catch if there's any you know tools that need to be upgraded, downgraded, or deleted. Yeah, awesome! What a run uh, down here on tech stack best practices, insights, and experiences that uh, is so important for all marketeers and sales managers these days. Thank you so much, Tom. So last but not least, if people want to know more about these topics and, and more about SiteSeeker or you, Tom, where can we send them? I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you go to the search bar on LinkedIn, Thomas J. Armitage, I'll be the first one that pops up. Uh, connect with me. I'm super open to networking and accepting invites. And we can always take the conversation offline if you want. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for sharing all this, Tom. And uh, I wish you all the best in the future. You too. Thanks for that opportunity. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.